God's Best for Your Life podcast with Greg and Sharon Fletcher. So in today's podcast, we're going to talk about a question that came up to me today. I was in a meeting at work and a question came to mind, which was, how do you tell the difference between wisdom and fear in regards to decision making? I think that's a really good question. Well, we were we were talking about uh, setting up a group uh, for some feedback uh, with some business partners, and it seemed that some of the reasonings we had for the way we were going to set it up were based on decisions that we didn't want to happen or, or behavior we didn't want to happen with this group. So in other words, we were doing things that we were afraid they were going to do things, so we were going to tighten things down or make it more difficult for people to interact with us. Kind of hedge your bets. Yeah, and we, 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 we really wanted to uh, back off of that because we found ourselves com- uh, that we were compromising our character in the process. Well, I think something else that, that brings up is that um, one of the differences between Christians in this world is that we're not supposed to be motivated by fear. You know, uh, was that scripture first or second Timothy one seven says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So God doesn't want us to operate out of fear. That needs to be the furthest thing from the from the Christian believer. And so it, that's why it is so important for us to see the difference between when we are motivated by fear versus when we're um, operating out of a spirit of wisdom. So how can we tell if we're being I like the way you phrased that, that we're operating out of a spirit of fear versus a spirit of wisdom, because God's Word tells us that to seek His wisdom, right? The beginning of Proverbs says that that the wisdom is the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. And so it seems a little bit, well, what? wait a minute, what's going on here? And I think um, if, if we go back and look at it, it's it's talking about reverence of God is the, is the beginning of wisdom, not actual cowardly fear, like you're afraid something bad's going to happen. It's a, just a deep reverence and respect for God is the beginning of wisdom, but it's not the end of wisdom either. That's, that's the beginning road. When you realize that there's more out there than what you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about in this situation here, because uh, we don't want to make decisions based on our own understanding only or our own experience, because that's the way the world does things. That's the way the world works, is that you do your very best with what you have, and that's the best that you get. But Jesus is, is um, wanting to give us so much more than that. He's wanting to give us his wisdom. It says somewhere in the scripture uh, that Jesus has made unto us a spirit of wisdom. Yeah, uh, that's in uh, 1 Corinthians one thirty. Cool. So we know that that is what we have in Christ. He wants us to walk in wisdom. He wants us to walk in His His, his word and His in His vision and in, in His understanding. So, well, because He's not He's not up in heaven going, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know what to do." Right. He He sees everything, knows what we're getting ready to go through, knows where we came from, knows what what's around the corner, mm-hmm. knows where where we can get our answers, and He knows what He's going to do for us too, as well. Yeah. So God's not up there wringing His hands, going, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to well, do?" He's already got the answer. Yeah, He already knows. So if if we can if we can align ourselves with His wisdom as opposed to not knowing what to do, because I think a lot of times people fear what they can imagine. Mm, that's true. You know, like they can think of five ways this thing can fail as opposed to 
well, what does God want or what does God believe? What can God do? Yeah. And, and they lasso themselves with what could be. I know that, that um, I personally, uh, whenever I smell fear, right, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I, I'm not saying that I'm all that with a slice of bread. I'm just saying is like, for me, I don't, I don't fear very often. Or if it manifests, it's much more subtle. I don't really get upset or anxious about troubles. I usually get very aggressive when it comes to fear. But how, then, but once I realize that, when I, if I do wake up, like I have a moment where I realize, oh, wow, I'm being influenced by fear, I usually turn around and get more aggressive about it. And the, the, one, a great scripture that, that I think you and I have discussed many times is Psalm 37, 8, that says, uh, don't, do, do not fear, for it only leads to evil doing. And I think that's a really interesting scripture. If you were to be, if you were to have that revelation, wow, I'm, I'm actually doing evil to myself and the people around me, mm-hmm. that would put it in perspective. It would, and I think that's what a lot of Christians deal with is that they don't recognize it. They don't recognize that the seed of what they're doing is in fear rather than in wisdom, because it looks like, oh, well, that makes total sense. We would do it that way to keep this from happening yeah. or that from happening. Or so how? So that's really kind of the genesis of the question today is how can we tell when our decision-making is based on fear and not wisdom? Uh, And you and I have come up with a couple of red flags, I think, that would address that, one of them being um, uh, a feeling of anxiety or unrest, you know, or unease. You know, Jesus said that in this world, you will have tribulation. So he's saying, you are going to have trouble. He says, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. And he says, my peace I've given to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. So don't let your heart be troubled. So when you see that you're in, your heart is troubled and you're, you're fearful, um, that's a red flag that, okay, I've stepped away from walking in wisdom. I've stepped away from walking in peace with Jesus, and I've gotten back into either worry or I've gotten into self-care in the negative sense where you're trying to, to, to meet your own needs as opposed to trusting in the Lord. Are there any other um, ways that people can identify fear? I'm sure there are. Um, you know, well, things that keep you up at night. What, the, the, those things that you're always chewing on, like, I got to figure out what to do about this problem. Yeah. You know? You're sitting there just kind of picking at it like you would like a label on a, on a box or something. You're trying to peel it off. You do that with your thoughts. You're sitting there going, I've got this issue and I'm trying to figure out what to do. And they just, they're just spending most of their mental cycles on how to solve this problem. That you know that that would be one where you think, all right, yeah, I'm not trusting. Mm-hmm, that's I, true. I'm not. I'm I'm trying to to look into myself, and I think you were talking about a scripture um, uh, that had kind of went into that a little bit. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, in First uh, Corinthians two one through five, this is uh, Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, and um, he says, and I and when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. So he wasn't he wasn't basing everything that he was telling them on his own wisdom and his and his own uh, uh, position as a Pharisee. You know, he wasn't coming to them that way. He said, "For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power." And I want you to get this because it says, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. He on purpose wasn't magnifying himself and his own understanding, 
because he wanted their faith and their belief and their trust to not be in the wisdom of men, not even in yourself. So his, his point being that uh, our faith needs to rest only on the power of God in our lives, and that's going to produce peace. That's going to keep you out of anxiety. That's going to keep you out of fear because you're trusting in God and his love for you. You know, so, and I think that's the answer basically uh, that Paul was talking about here, that we're not, first of all, putting our priority on what do I think, what do those people around me think, but it's what does the Holy Spirit tell me in my heart? What does the word of God tell me? That has to be the supreme source of our wisdom and our understanding. And then after that, God will come along and bring people as you need it to support you and to encourage you in those things. But first of all, we have to be seeking his face and his understanding beyond our own, above our own and our own experience. So basically you're saying is if you're not really engaged with God, then it's going to be based on another premise. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a vacuum there. You know, the, and, and vacuums draw things to them. So if you don't have that relationship with that personal relationship with God where, where you can just turn to him at any moment during the day and say, hey, I need help with this. You know, if you don't have that inward dialogue, and that's what he wants to have with us. I mean, it says for us to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that we're going to be saying our rosaries all the time or, or whatever, um, that we're going to say the Lord's Prayer all the time. What that means is that you're in a constant conversation. That's all. Sometimes you're talking, sometimes you're listening. That's a good conversation when there's two-way conversation. So if, if we don't have that closeness with God where we can feel like we can just turn to God in our hearts and say, Lord, I need your wisdom on this. What do you think about this? Then that's an area where we can start pushing forward and start um, pressing into the, that, the, the strength of that relationship because that's going to keep us out of anxiety because we're not going to be relying on ourselves. And God is so much smarter than we are. Yeah, and, and that I really like that you said that, because I was, I was looking at, you know, you were reading from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, and verse 5 really is the, the, the most important part there for what we're talking about. Is it so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men. Now, we surround ourselves with people all the time who are wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I would hope we would. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea to surround yourself with, with wise people. But it says right there that our faith... Now, that doesn't mean our understanding. Your faith is not the same as your understanding. And your decision-making isn't the same as your faith as well. I think your faith will influence both of those things. So the idea of putting your faith... the thing, And, you know, people kind of wonder what the word faith means, but the way I like to think of the word faith is that it basically means that you're going to trust that God will do what He said He will do. I think that's a, a really easy way to approach it. So it's just so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Well, that will drive most people uh, batty, especially if you uh, are talking about how you're going to approach your problems. Uh, I can't tell you how many times where you and I have been in faith on something, and then somebody will go, hey, how's this situation going? Oh, well, we're trusting the Lord with it, we're going to do this. And they just kind of look at us like we're crazy. Yeah. And, 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 but we know inside that we that our mind is made up and we're going to trust him instead of walking around talking about the problem or or trying to handle it ourselves with our own sphere of influence you know with our own finances or, or our own health right the ability for us to make our own money or or the ability for us to uh, burn the midnight oil and uh, and and make 
dents or, or approaches a, relation, a relationship or, or a situation that we're trying to affect. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, from the world's perspective, they're absolutely right. It looks foolish to trust in the power of God instead of the wisdom of men. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're being irresponsible when you're trusting in God's power and God's ability to affect change for you instead of your own ability to, to figure it out on your own. That looks very silly. It looks like you're being irresponsible. looks like you're head in the sand, that you're not taking your responsibility seriously. Obviously, God expects us to take care of ourselves and take care of our families and do what we're supposed to do. But sometimes we come across these situations where in the natural, in, in our responsible, the way we are supposed to be responsible, um, there's nothing we can do about it. Like if you're out of a job. You know, you, you have to go out and, and apply, but your faith isn't going to rest on, well, if I, if so-and-so said that if I applied to a hundred places today, then, then you get more options and, and, and you get more, you get more, uh, leads and that kind of stuff. But first of all, first of all, start with trusting the power of God. First of all, start there. And then as God leads you, God will show you what doors to knock on. God will show you what doors to walk through, you know, so that you're not, just running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to, to work up all these things. Well, so. that, that reminds me of another scripture you and I were talking about, Romans 14, 23, and that says, uh, <clears throat> but he who doubts, right, doubt being the opposite of faith, is condemned if he eats. Now, Paul was talking about the, the meat that was sacrificed in, in the temples. He says, but his eating is not from faith. But for whatever is not from faith is sin. So the idea of what we're talking about of not being engaged with believing God and His promises, actually, the Bible says, is sin. And and that's a, a unique distinction. Mm-hmm. No, I think, and, and I remember reading this the first time, just going, what? What? <laughs> what is he talking about? If I'm not if I'm not an act of faith on something, I'm in sin? What does that mean? And what, what he's trying to tell you here... Well, it seems very drastic. It does. It's like, sin, really? Really? That's what it is? Yeah, it's not just that I'm, <laughs> that I'm not being in... I'm not in experiencing the victory I could be. I'm actually in the negative... Right. But, but I mean, honestly, that's what it is because you're talking about operating out of the flesh, you know, and that's what, that's what he says in uh, Romans six, uh, verse 16, it says, do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. There are just two options. (laughs) So when you're, when you're, so to draw it back to kind of our question is, so you're trying to make a decision, right? You're, you're making plans. You're trying to make a decision. It might be minor, it might be major, but the, the idea that if, if, if fear uh, comes into your decision-making, that you're, if, we, if we're going to look at, at, the, at Romans 6 here, we're talking about that you're a slave at that point. Right. And you're either a slave to trusting God, or you're a slave to believing the lies of the enemy that it's all going to fail. Yeah. And, and, and that goes right back into what you were talking about, Psalm 37, well, do not fret, for it leads only to evil doing. And that would be what the enemy would want for sure. us to do, it would be to do evil. Yeah, to steal. He was trying to steal from you. Yes. So, and that's how, he, that's how one of the ways he tries to do it, is to get you to do destructive behavior out of fear, in the guise of, of earthly wisdom.
So um, how can we um, approach uh, gaining wisdom? I mean, like, so we're talking about, hey, fear is not a good thing to do. Sure. Right? We've talked about that. We talked about that. That, that it's not a good idea, and if you can wake up and, and, and realize that quickly, then uh, you can affect it or you can do something different. So how can we then get wisdom uh, instead of fear? Well, for me, um, it, it all boils down to actually believing that God loves me because what, that just settles my heart more than anything else, I think. You know what you know, it, it says, uh, and D- David mentions in Psalms, it says when... when um, Anxious thoughts multiply within me. Your consolations delight my soul. You know, and so God's consolations, that he's always with us, that he loves us, it delights our soul, and it calms that anxiety. It calms that... It's the answer for it's it. It's the answer, yes. you know. And so as we feed on that and we, and we meditate on the love of God for us and what he's done for us already, you know, and how he's not going to... He's not going to withhold anything good from us because he gave us his only precious son. If he and it says if he won't withhold him, how will he withhold anything else from you? Yeah, how he would give us all things. Yes. yes. So I mean, honestly, it's kind of silly that we we get into fear, but it's it's very natural because it's very uh, it has to do with your senses. It's what you can see. The flesh. What you can, yeah, it's yeah. the flesh, and that's what we're used to to dealing with this world all the time. So well, you think about it, we, 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 we come out and we're naked and wet and we immediately and go, hey, I have an issue. <laughs> this is not what I ordered. <laughs> this is not what I want. And uh, I need you to do something about it. And then, and then actually, and then, and then the adults, you know, being good parents actually do something about it, which trains us our, to, to whine and cry for <laughs> our needs to be met. It's not a good way to start. <laughs> so I don't know. That's, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll put that one on the board. But uh, if we look at 1 John 4, 15 through 21, or, or just really anywhere in, in 1 John 4, 4 where he talks about uh, God's love, uh, verse 17 is good. It says, by this love is perfected with us. Or actually 16, it says, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. There's a couple of things in that first one, uh, verse 16 there. It says that you've come to know and have believed. And that's what we're talking about, meditating on God's love, so that you've heard about it, you've read about it, and but you have to believe it. You have to make it your own. And that's where I think the fight comes in with the fight of faith and the fight uh, against fear, is, is we have to replace that fear and that natural human tendency to, to try to meet our own needs that started way back in the garden you know, we have to replace that with, with covering ourselves with the love of God. And as we do that, we, we move on to uh, verse 17. It says, But this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And I love that verb. I mean, it doesn't just shoo it away. It casts it out. I mean, I just, Be gone. I just think of, yeah. you know, just something being thrown far away, you know. For the one, and, and he tells you why. It says, for the one who does not, uh, let's see, where does it say? Because uh, fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. So fear is not a tool of God. It is only a tool of the devil. God doesn't use fear to teach you things. God doesn't, does, God doesn't want fear to be any part of the believer, because we have no reason to fear anymore. Jesus has already taken away all of the things that we were afraid of. You know, it talks about that we were slaves uh, to sin because of the fear of death. And we were slaves of the devil because of that fear of death. And well, Jesus took that for us so that we no longer had to be fearful anymore. 
you know, and now because of what he did for us, we get to walk in his divine relationship with the father. We get to walk in, in that, that divine belovedness, if, if you will, that Jesus walked in. So we don't have to be afraid. Right. And, and that's good head knowledge to, to know, okay, I realize I'm, I'm being affected by fear. I don't have to be afraid. And then, and then we can go even a step further to, to engage our faith. Right. Right. But what do we believe in? And you know, I think James one five really kind of gives us a good thing to think about. It says that God will give us wisdom above and beyond. You know what I'm saying? Like he will give us a lot of wisdom. It says that he will absolutely that if we ask, he will give us lots of wisdom. It says without reproach, and that means like without 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 any limitations and without any without any uh He didn't nitpick. Yeah, he did he said, I'm gonna give it to you more than you can absorb, right? Yeah. It's just and, and it's not based on what you've done. Yes. Because again, we're on the other side of the cross in that regard. It's not about our behavior. It doesn't say, "Hey, in, unless you're good enough, unless you're not good enough, or yeah. unless you haven't, you know, done anything wrong lately, then you know, if you if you've been good, I will give you wisdom." It just says, "I'm going to give it to you with no, uh, with no, with no, uh, no restrictions, no, no, no uh, catches, no, no any any kind of uh, restrictions." And and uh, that's such a good thing to put your to put your faith on, you know. And, and to believe that that God said, if I ask for wisdom, He said He will give it to me. Now, I want to take it just a half a second and talk about what faith looks like, practically speaking. So if you're, if you're in need of wisdom from God, what does that practically look like to the believer? And so what, what, I, would, what I would do if, if I needed wisdom about a situation or something, I would say, Lord, I just thank you. Like, let's talk about parenting. We have two boys still at home. Uh, age 14 and 10, and if, if I just felt like I needed God's wisdom specifically uh, toward parenting them, I would say something like this, Lord Jesus, I just need uh, an increase of your wisdom, and I need to know, have your understanding to be able to parent them and help them to become who you have called them to be. Help me to equip them with everything that they're going to need to fulfill your plans for their life. Lord, help me to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord according to your will. And God, I just thank you for that wisdom, and that Jesus was made unto me wisdom from God. And I just thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for your wisdom now, and I'm not going to worry about this, God, but I expect you are faithful to your word, and that when I prayed and I asked you for wisdom, you hear me, and you were going to give that to me. And God, I just thank you for it right now, that I have it right now. And then I just rest, and I trust in the Lord that he is going to bring those ideas to my heart. He is going to give me some amazing understanding Um about what they're dealing with, that I'm going to be able to specifically address the problems that are tripping them up. I'm just, I'm just trusting in, in God. That's what faith means, is starting to believe that what, you, what, what the Word of God says is actually true for you right now. You know, it's, it says in uh, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's right now. It's not in the future. That would be hope. That's the difference between faith and hope. Hope is what you hope will happen in the future. Faith is right now, what you have right now. And it's not based on what you see. It's not based on what you feel. It's only based on what God has promised and what you're going to grasp hold of in the, na- in, in the spirit right now. Well, that's a, that, that, was a, that was quite the, the faith sandwich that you just <laughs> summarized there. And, be, and there, there might be some people who don't understand what that is, and we, we'll probably have to get into that over several uh, uh, podcasts or, 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 or editions. But the there's a there's Hebrews eleven six says that in order to receive from God you must first believe that He is good and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him and the what Sharon was doing there uh, with her exposition 
of faith and 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 aggr- aggressive seeking the Lord and believing good things. Uh, it was dripping with scripture, which I wish I wish I could go. And that was this, and that was this. And that was this. I would love <laughs> to be able be on to. The website. Yeah, we'll we'll see what we can't do in the show notes. But but the um the 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 really thing that we want to encourage you in, especially when if you're new to this, if you're new to, to understanding how to stand on God's promises and and receive it for yourself is that you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and kind of plant your sa- your, your flag in the sand of, of the unknown a little bit. You're going to have to decide, am I going to believe what God's Word says more than what I think or what I know or what my mother knows or my boss or the what the person on television or the or the industry expert if I'm if this is a business related thing because really what we want to encourage you to do is understand is that the Lord wants to be there for you. The Lord wants to be there and to explain to you what to do, when to do it, yeah. how to do it. Um and and to give you that instant wisdom and, and insight through the Holy Spirit on how to to pivot and in life. And sometimes we have these really strong uh, feelings, and um, they can get in the way. Your feelings aren't always your, your your best friend here. They can actually lead you astray in a lot of ways. So it's not about how you feel. It's really not even about what you think. You know, uh, if, if if our thinking held all the answers, then we wouldn't have the need of faith. It would just say, uh, you know, if you can just think Jesus into your life, then you'll have him. And there's a lot of people that believe that, and 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 it's really interesting to to see them try to try to intellectually approach Jesus. Uh, it doesn't work. The Bible says that you're supposed to believe him as a child. You're supposed to approach him as a child and then and, and receive things as, okay, if you say so, well, and, I, I and, will go for it. And the Father said that, or Jesus said that the Father was looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth. You know, so he's not looking for worshipers in understanding and intellectualism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although there's plenty of times where you need to get your thinking in line. Oh, absolutely. Right? But that has to come after the faith. Yes, you have to train your, your brain. Mm-hmm. Right? Train absolutely. your brain. Yes. I put that on a t-shirt. Train your brain. <laughs> I was thinking, you know what, as you, you talked about the comfort zone there, and, I, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I was, I was kind of smiling a little bit because I, I believe as a believers, we're not comfortable in our comfort zone. You know, so I think it's okay to be uncomfortable if you're a believer when when you're when you're talking about uh, walking in faith, or when you're talking about these things like whether or not I'm going to be in fear or I'm going to uh, be in in wisdom, you know the difference is there. It's okay to uh, be uncomfortable, and and just get comfortable being uncomfortable. To kind of let's circle back around. So, again, we, we start off asking the question: Is how do we know when our decisions are being influenced by fear and not wisdom? And and the, the one of the red flags that we that we've really kind of talked about is that you need to kind of do a heart check: Am I anxious? Am I upset? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, am I chewing on trying to solve a problem? Am I am I am I am I worrying? 
right? Yeah. Well, I think I think I, uh, as you're going through that mental checklist and, and listening to, okay, what am I feeling? I'm feeling anxious. Go back down further and say, what am I believing? Is is this based on? Well, what if this happens? That's negative. What if that happens? If that's negative, well, how am I going to keep that from happening? Those are fearful you know, thoughts. Like theme and variation, right? Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always the same. You know, it's the same same songs like a verse. <laughs> but you know, and and if those are the if those are the motivating factors in your life, if you are trying to avoid something evil or something bad from happening to you, that's fear. That's not obedience. I want you to meditate on that for just a second. If you're if you're if you're acting out of self-preservation, out of trying to keep other people from making mistakes, out of trying to keep yourself from being hurt, out of trying to keep yourself from doing something stupid or or um, saying something that you regret, being or taken advantage, of. being taken advantage of, yeah, hiding your heart away, not not loving the people that God puts in your life because you don't want to be hurt. That's fear, you know. I mean, and and then when we and then when we take the scripture into consideration that says, "Do not fear, for it only leads to evil doing." Yeah, it only leads to evil doing. It doesn't just sometimes. <laughs> no, so that means that it, while you're in that place where you're in fear, you're actually you're actually contaminating your life. You're like contaminating your relationships. You're contaminating your, your the, the the important things because remember the enemy's goal is to come in and to steal and to kill and to destroy. And so if he can get you to do the dirty work, then he is succeeding. So fear is not only just this thing that we all deal with when things are uncertain. It's actually a ploy of the enemy to destroy our lives. So that's why we have to be very aggressive when it comes to dealing with fear. Because every moment that you're in fear over something, that time is being stolen from you. And, and the results are being stolen. And you'll never get it back. And 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 the and then when he can then make you make decisions based off of that frame of mind, off of that anti-faith, which is what fear is, then now suddenly he can steal more from you. He could he could cause you to do things to get you fired from your job. He could do things to cause your your relationships with your relatives to be damaged beyond repair. Mm-hmm. He can do things like that that are just nuts. And people will do it and they and they'll think that they're a victim in all of it, but meanwhile they're a victim of their own decision making. Yeah. And being influenced fear. by fear. Yeah. So then, again, we've, we've talked about that, that we can get wisdom from God, James 1.5. Again, you should, everyone should be uh, going back through uh, the, this, this podcast, getting out your Bible, a real Bible. I mean, granted, I like the, the, the online Bible on your phone, but it really helps to have a paper Bible, and you're digging through it, flagging things, and underlining it. But James 1.5 says that God will give you wisdom. So now suddenly if you find yourself in your fear, you go, okay, I'm not going to fear. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And then you can turn that around and go, you know what, God, I thank you that you said if I ask you for wisdom, that you would give it to me in abundance. So, Lord, I just thank you for that right now. And what that does is that you're, you're taking God's word and you're agreeing with it. You're, you're, you're getting in line with it. I like to think of the word of God as kind of like a river, and you're getting in and swimming with the current. And so you're going a lot faster than you would if you were just walking alongside it. And so, because God's Word is moving, it's active, it's going somewhere, and you can go with it, and you can be a part of it, and, and it can be a part of your life, it can saturate your life. And so that's when you get into it. So you think about James 1.5, and it's talking about having wisdom, then you can pray. And, and I promise you, the first time that you do this, if you've never said this out loud, it'll feel a little bit silly. 
it'll it'll it, you'll feel a little bit silly talking. You'll feel like you're talking to yourself, and and it, it can feel that way. But that's just the flesh, and that's just the mind. You have to you have to let all that go. After a while, you'll be doing it all the time, and especially when you start to see God show up in your life, you're like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah, and, and well, that that's what a testimony is. A testimony is, you know, telling someone else about what God's done for you in your life. And God wants every single believer to have testimonies to share with other people, to encourage each other uh, if you're t- talking to believers, and to and to witness to people that maybe don't know Jesus or don't know that He's real and don't know that He really loves them. That's what these testimonies are for, is so that you can minister uh, love and grace to these people to these people that you're around every day. That's what it's for. I think another also thing I was just sitting there thinking, okay, so what if you're under the gun? And you need to make a decision fast, mm-hmm. right? And you know, and, and, you, and you feel fear come. Like after a while, you get one of the interesting things is once you get away from fear and you can get in God's presence, and then when fear comes back, you'll recognize it. It'll be like um, what, if, you, if you've ever walked into or visited someone's home and they had fish, and you walk in and you can just smell fish. It's like that, right? You'll, you'll, you'll sense fear. And then you can sense fear when it's trying to come on you. Once you get that objectivity and you're away from it, you'll you'll start to recognize it. What's a good way for someone to deal with it really quickly? Because let's say they've got ten seconds to make a decision. It's it's one of those quick things, you know. Well, you, you every time the devil attacks, you respond with the word. That's what Jesus did. So you would say, "God did not give to me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind." And then what I do, I take a step. The next step would be to proclaim in faith. What the word of God says. So you're, you're so you're not just saying what God didn't give me, but you're saying what He did give me, uh, a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And then specifically concerning the situation that you're being tempted to fear over, you would say, okay, so let's say I'm, I'm fearful for my children's health or their safety. Well, I would start proclaiming some scriptures over my kids about God's protection over them. God, I just thank you that you give your angels charge concerning my children. I thank you that you guard them in all their ways. I thank you that that if they um that that you lift them up lest they strike their foot against a rock. I thank you that you surround them with favor as with a shield. You know, you just you, and that's where burying God's word in your heart will help you to route out the fears. Will help you to, it, it 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 will replace the fears because that power of the word of God is so strong. It is like that grass seed in the concrete. All right, so that that is very good. That is excellent. And you know what we probably should you know we should do we should make some resources available on gods-best.com for uh, these people so that they could, you know, get into some of those. But let's say like right now, let's say they only, we only get to speak into someone's life who's actually listening to this podcast. What's one thing that one scripture that 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 could uh, maybe internalize, maybe write on a piece of paper, put it in their pocket that they could refer to that would enable them in that moment. Well, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah. For God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Yeah, you can't you can't really exist in hope if you're in fear. Yeah, and 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 he's saying that he's given you a future and a hope. You know, and his plans for you are for good. If you look at every fear, it's about a negative future. Every fear is about something bad that's going to happen. Yeah. So this is the complete opposite. He says, no, my plans for you are for good and, and to give you a future and to give you a hope. So when the devil's attacking your health, well, no, God says, I'm going to have a future. When the devil's attacking uh, that, that your family's going to go down the drain, nope, his plans are for me or for good. You know, I, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I know there were plenty of times where I had to fly a lot. Mm-hmm. And I knew that um, 
there were there were some people who would who uh, would sit near me or whatever, and they would be afraid to fly, and uh, and I actually would encourage them. I'd say, hey, this plane's going to be just fine because I'm on it, and I know that God's future <laughs> for me, God's got a great future for me, a future to, to, that's really bright and give me hope, a future and hope. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and and so since you're with me, everything's all good. And I even had some people who worked with me who who hated flying. Who would book flights with me because I kept saying that over and over <laughs> they had and over. Faith in your faith. Yeah, they had faith in my faith, <laughs> which I was fine with, right? I was giving Jesus a good name. And uh, so far, no plane wrecks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I pray over you too. Well, so sure, yeah. We get y'all covered. Hey, yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you, if you want to fly safe, fly with me. Because <laughs> I am not going anywhere. Amen. So, all right. Um, so I think we've we've really kind of I think this has been a really good conversation. I really like it. I think we'll we'll probably continue to uh, to to mull this over. But if you're in a situation where you need to make an important decision, and most decisions are important to some degree, we encourage you to do a heart check. If you are if you are going way out of your way to avoid problems, avoid people, uh, situations where we don't want to do this, we don't want to do that because of this. Well, I, I want to encourage you, Sharon, and I both want to encourage you that to, to get rid of those criteria for your decision-making and instead believe that God's going to lead you, to believe that, that, that you're going to... Uh, uh, but you've you got to make sure that you're listening, right? God's voice is there, and you need to learn how to listen and act on His voice. That's so important. And, and, and that's where you can train yourself. You have to train your spirit on how to, uh, how to hear God. It's so it's so important, and some people get upset about that. But I just I just encourage you to get quiet, and understand that the voice of the Lord will always be calm, and it will encourage you. It will encourage you to trust Him, whereas the voice of the enemy will push you. Right? There's a, there's an old saying is that God draws you, but the devil pushes you. And so if you're being pushed to make a decision, I would really question whether you need to make that decision. Well, and I I mean if you're sensing anxiety in your heart. What the Lord would have you do would be to go find His promises in His Word and replace the thoughts that are giving you those anxious thoughts. And, you know, if you you look over in um, Psalm 139, um, he talks about God filtering through our anxious thoughts and seeing if there's any hurtful way in us and then leading us in the everlasting way. And that's what He wants to do for us. And that's how we get to that place, which you're talking about, listening to the Holy Spirit. You get that to that place by... By retraining your spirit and retraining your mind to think along with God, and you do that by meditating on God's word. Yes. So, if you're anxious about your children, go find some scriptures about your children. If you're anxious about your marriage, go find some scriptures about your marriage. If you're anxious about your future, find scriptures about your your future, and 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 meditate on those, and let God redirect your imaginations to be in line with His word. And then, and that anxiety is going to fall right off because perfect love casts out fear, and knowing His love for you is going to take over from all that fear. We want to thank you guys for hanging out with us a little bit today. We, uh, we really appreciate it. One thing that you can do for us, obviously, is uh, share our podcast with other people. Also, if you could uh, you know, like give us a review or, or a, a rate it, that would be wonderful. That really does help us with exposure. And we really want to be out in the we want to be out in the world and, and and helping people to to obtain God's best for their life. That's kind of our theme. Every ministry has a theme, and our ministry is to help people have God's best for their life, and knowing that we're here to help them to do that. 
So this is Greg and Sharon, and we just want to tell you thank you for hanging out with us. God bless.